Boston Celtics get 77-0 combined points from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and beat the Sixers on opening night. What a beginning to the season. I'm going to talk about it right now from the TD Garden on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a fresh, free podcast that you can download everywhere podcasts exist. You can even watch the show on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my makeshift setup over here uh, at the garden where I forgot to bring a light. So <laughs> if you see a shadow on my face, it's because I'm using a cell phone camera light. That's, you know, we're, we're making do here. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, former professional basketball player, and I wrote the book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Star. Celtics get the 126-117 win here on opening night. Uh, a big win. I've said it before. I said it on the podcast that I think this is uh, this was an important game. Just right away, right off the bat, an important game because the Celtics and the Sixers are both going to be good teams. They're both going to be jockeying for position, and any win you can get against one another is going to be huge in terms of a tiebreaker later on in the season. We can get down to the last game of the season and come all the way back to this night and say the Celtics won that game and won this higher seed. I think that's still a possibility here. So I think it was a very important night for the Celtics. Today's podcast, by the way, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is uh, offering first-time users a 100% instant deposit match with up to $100, worth up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You deposit $100, you get $100. So it's promo code locked on at prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app. So the big story right away what's the big thing to come out of this game? And that's 70 combined points from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And, you know, it didn't start like that. It wasn't one of those nights where you say, ooh, Jalen could be going for 35 tonight. Jason could be going for 35 tonight. I mean, they both did okay in the first half, but it was really in the second half, the third and the fourth quarters, where they really stood out. In fact, early on, Jalen was off. Jalen was uh, not – he had a, you know, a couple of nice drives and, and plays in transition, but his shooting wasn't going well to the point where I joked, good thing he played in that third preseason game so he can keep that rhythm, uh, but he ultimately found that rhythm. And side note, I think this is what happens. You don't play a game – at one in one game to keep your rhythm, you find that in each game. There's it's separate each day, but regardless, he found that rhythm and was was the closer in this game. Jason Tatum found his rhythm in the third quarter. Third quarter, he was just nuts. And I think the thing that stands out for me in this game is that Tatum and Brown played one of their most mature kind of in the flow kind of games. A lot of times what I have seen out of these guys is when one guy is going, the other one tries to find his, his game as well. 
Jason's going and Jalen will try to, you know, say, Hey, it's my turn or, or vice versa. And in this game, it just very much was, let's just go through the flow of this game and let's just figure out what the game needs. And it really felt like they didn't take turns. They just kind of went with what worked. And I, I just feel like that level of understanding, that level of maturity, it just was a different level. I think, I think it's too early for statements. It's too early to say, well, this is a sign of something. But it's, it's just great. I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And this is basically one hell of a single step. The best possible first step that this team could take on its thousand mile journey of this NBA season. And that's because of how, how Tatum and Brown played. Not the fact that they combined for 70 and it was split evenly at 35 apiece. Not that they hit shots or, hey, Jalen was a closer and Tatum didn't feel the need to take over. Uh, the way the way Tatum attacked, like that, which is huge. I'll get to that in a second. But it's just the fact that they just let it happen. They let it come to them and they just took they took what the game gave them. Tatum referred to this. I say it all the time. The ball rewards the right energy. And it's one of the points that I've made from day one with these guys. Since I started talking about these guys, it's not about going and forcing your own shot. It's not trying to find that first open look. It's not trying any of that stuff. It's about making the right play, making the right decision, and the ball will find the right guy. You play the right way, all the right guys on a basketball team will get the right stats. It's just how it goes because the scorers will find ways to score when the ball is moving. The rebounders will find their rebounds when the ball is moving. The assisters will get their assists when the ball is moving. All of that will happen when the right plays are being made at the right time. And I felt like in this game, for the most part, the right plays were being made at the right times. Jason really stood out to me in this game. Jason's attacks, it, it was it was just it was different. There was something different, and I've been saying this throughout the preseason. There is something different about the way Jason Tatum is attacking the basket. I asked him about it after the game, and he admitted, he said, "Yeah, I feel better coming into the season than I have over the past three years." Uh, basically, saying that his overall health, the weight that he's at. He feels good about where he's at. He feels healthy. And that that has played a role. In this game, he's done the thing that I've probably said way too much. It's going to be the thing that I've latched onto with Tatum. And you might get sick of hearing it, but attacking the front of the rim. Attacking the front of the rim is so different than what he's done consistently over the past few years. What he's done consistently is gliding past the rim and trying to finish past the, the, the defender. Attacking the front of the rim means going straight line. I'm going right to the front. I don't care if you're in my way, playing through contact. If you've been a longtime listener, especially during the finals, that's something I've been dying for Tatum to do on a regular basis. In this game, he did that. He created his space. He attacked the front. Yes, he, he had a couple of floaters. But again, once you are attacking that, you know, north-south front of the rim attack, that's going to open up things like floaters. 
that's going to open up different elements because guys are going to be on their heels. So when a defender is retreating and you're going and you see you see that open space, well now you've got a floater. If you're cutting if you're cutting one way and you see the defense going one way, you can go a different way and and attack that, but it's it's you're setting the tone. It's a proactive way to play basketball. You're attacking. Tatum attacked in this game very, very, very well. The Celtics did a great job forcing turnovers. They uh, got a, a ton of points in. In fact, let me just pull up my uh, score sheet here. Uh, points in the fast break points, 24 to 2. That's huge. Points in the paint is a big number for me. 40 uh, points in the paint, 44 to 38. The, the 76ers have Joel Embiid. They have James Harden. James Harden finishes in the paint a lot. Joel Embiid finishes in the paint a lot. The, 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 the Sixers should not be getting outscored in the paint by this Celtics team, and yet they were because of the way the Celtics were forcing the turnovers and the way the Celtics were attacking, and especially Jason Tatum. Tatum was 13 of 20, but 2 of 7 from 3. So that means he was 11 of 13 from 2. That's not always what you're going to get from Tatum, but you got it in this one, and that's that's a big deal. I I think the Tatum and Brown performance was was really great. Much more to come uh, on, on on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Bench points. The bench did its job, and I think one of the key things in this game was how the bench carried the Celtics until Tatum and Brown were able to do what they did talk more about that after i talk about prize picks this is daily fantasy done right it's very simple a lot of daily fantasy games are turnoffs i've i've been turned off on daily fantasy until prize picks comes along i've had people literally come up to me in this arena and talk to me about their prize picks and just because i've been mentioning it on the podcast very simple format you pick two to five players and if they go to score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win 10 times your money on any entry. The overs on Tatum and Brown were your winning bets here. You're winning, you're winning choices. So you make sure that you're out there. If you, if you can make that choice, the right choice, then you win. It's not against me. It's not against somebody else. You make the right picks. You win. It's not against anybody else. So this includes any sport that you can watch. Pick any sport that you can watch on TV, it's there at Prize Picks, And you can mix this up. It takes 60 seconds or less, safe and fast withdrawals, super easy, and operational now in over 30 states and Canada. So go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, sign up, play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant match deposit match uh, on up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You deposit 100 Price picks will give you 100. You deposit 50, price picks will give you 50. You got to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Check out the brand new game to game NBA podcast. It's just uh, the every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local a local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's a great way to get caught up on the league. Check out Game to Game 
Locked On NBA, everywhere, Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Celtics got, uh, let's look at the bench points numbers. Uh, what was the bench point number? I can't find my bench points numbers. Uh, but the Celtics outscored the bench uh, significantly. I'll just put it that way. Uh, sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. But the Celtics bench, uh, I want to say off the top of my head, it was like 24 to 6 or something significant where the Celtics were able to get from Malcolm Brogdon, uh, especially a, a really, a really nice performance. Brogdon checked in with 15 points. They got 16 points. Sorry, 15 points from Grant Williams, 16 points from Malcolm Brogdon. And I don't even think Grant Williams played that well, but he was 5 of 5, 3 of 3 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. And he was in foul trouble. I don't think he defended all that great, uh, but he did make some nice plays offensively. He did find uh, a couple of, uh, make a couple of nice passes. Brogdon, who had been the leading assist guy for the Celtics all preseason, ends up with 16 points off the bench and uh, on 7 of 11 shooting. So he was very good at, at one play where he just kind of like went around in a big circle and turned right back down the lane and laid it up. Attacking the rim really nicely. The bench was, I think, key in that second quarter because the second quarter, the, the Celtics came out really nicely. 9-2 run. This place was going nuts. And then, and I'll talk about this later on in the third segment, and then Horford got the landing spot flagrant foul that gave Harden three free throws. This, uh, this Plus the... the, the the ball back. Then the Celtics fouled Harden twice more on three-point three point shots. It used to be that you never saw fouls on three-point shots. He got three in, in the first quarter, and then Jalen Brown got one. You saw four of those in the same game. You never used to see that. A little bit more common now, I guess, with the, with the volume of threes, but it's still three in one quarter is outrageous. And that took a lot of the steam out of the Celtics. They They... Gave up uh, a big run after that. I think it was 16 to four. And that, I think, the, the Celtics, I want to say, even though Joe Mazzulla disagreed with me after the game when I asked him about this, I do want to, I, I do believe that the, the officials got into their heads just a little bit. Now they snapped out of it for sure. They snapped out of it, but the, the officiating got real, real sketchy there in the first quarter. A lot of whistles, a lot of whistles in the in this game, a lot of whistles in the first half, and it, it took it took the momentum away from the Celtics. The bench comes in, Brogdon comes in, and things settle down. And the Celtics go from a deficit; they actually took a lead. They end up going into the half tied, but that second unit giving the Celtics a lead is is what helped the Celtics buy their time. And I think one of the differences from last year's team to this year and why Brogdon is so important to this team is that they now have a guy that when, when the other guys are struggling, he can, he can kind of slide in there and say, you know what? I I have, I have the experience. I have this ability to, I'll I'll just, I'll, I'll I'll carry you guys. No problem. Like Jalen Brown, two of eight in the first quarter, Jason Tatum, two of three, only three shots. Then you get into the second quarter, and 
you know, Brogdon comes in and goes four or five in the second quarter for eight points, and it was a plus seven. And okay, here comes Jalen Brown. Next thing you know, Jalen Brown scores 14 points. And Tatum is the guy who started the, the, the second quarter with Brogdon. He ends up getting eight points in the second quarter. But biding your time, that, that bench punch that the Celtics didn't have last year, now Brogdon, now Grant Williams. Uh, we didn't see any of Sam Hauser, barely any of Sam Hauser. I don't think defensively Sam Hauser was able to give the Celtics enough defensively so they could get to him in, in those open shots, those open spots. That's still something he's got to work on. But the Celtics did, uh, you know, behind Brogdon and Grant, and, you know, to some degree, uh, early on, I don't think Noah Vonley was any good. I think the Celtics struggled to find some production from their bigs. But still, that second unit was able to get the job done. Uh, Low-key, one of those... You know, when I talk about clutch baskets and clutch baskets don't always come late in the fourth quarter, you had some clutch performances here early in the game while Tatum and Brown got themselves together. And as you can hear in the background, everybody cleaning up the garden, uh, popping whatever is inflated left behind. Uh, Got to shout out Joe Mazzula. Joe Mazzula passed the test in this game. Uh, First test for him. Very, very good, very poised. Uh, when the Celtics were struggling early, he, he kind of let them work through some of that stuff. Talked about trusting his team to get through, uh, not calling a timeout in a certain spot. Uh, and it worked out. Going with the, you know, he's searching a lot with the bigs and just kind of mixing and matching. I'm a little surprised that they didn't go with Cornette. At some point, but Cornet, I think just it's going to be situational. I think they're going to try to work him in, and and I don't know, maybe they're saving him on the back to back because of uh, Al Horford, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but his willingness to go search and say, "Hey, okay, Vonley wasn't wasn't cutting it early, so let's get Blake in there. Blake's not cutting it. Let's get Grant in there. Grant gets into foul trouble. All right, Vonley goes back in. It's however he needed to do it to to find a solution there." At, at, the second big late in the game. I thought there was a key moment. The Celtics had gotten stagnant as the fourth late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Horford was called for a foul and that was being reviewed. And you saw him, you saw Missoula gather everybody and say something to the effect of, Hey, the most important thing is, and he said afterwards, I'll have to look at the clip again to see if the word execute matches with what he was saying. But, he said the most important thing is, and if he said execute, they executed. Um, and he had some colorful language that was in there as well. But he he got the guys together, and they kind of snapped out of their little funk, and they closed out the game. That And Jalen Brown admitted it after. He said, uh, we have had a tendency to kind of let go and take our foot off the gas. And this is something that, uh, you know, he... he Missoula was able to kind of get us out of that. Both Tatum and Brown had real glowing things to say about Missoula and not the contrived things. I think you can tell when somebody's saying something contrived sounds scripted. And I really do feel like Tatum and Brown are on board with, with what Missoula's doing. 
it was it was the most natural kind of way. Either they're getting better at acting and better at telling lies, or they actually mean what they say about Missoula. I mean, Tatum dropped the you know the thing I like and admire about uh, Joe. He dropped an admire out of nowhere, admiring the coach. I mean, you don't just say that. You don't just drop that without meaning that. I don't think. Uh, the way he did it, if you can find the clip on YouTube, you find the interview, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. He says it, and it, it sounds like natural. So I, I got to give a shout-out to Missoula. This has been, with all the craziness, and I still, I've done radio and TV and, and other podcasts, and I still get questions about Ime Udoka. This game, this type of game, is is where you erase those questions and and the feeling, the the vibes after the game, everything was was really, uh, really good. I'm gonna finish this up with a rant about that landing spot foul because it was absolutely outrageous. Absolutely, they they have to change that rule or change how that rule is enforced. Give me a second. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On NBA your second listen every day? I would have been hosting the Locked On NBA podcast today with Jake Madison if I wasn't here at the Garden covering this Celtics win. But go check out that show. I'll be I'll be listening to it uh, as they recap the night and get the big stories out of the night here. Uh, Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube. So I, I don't want to go too much deeper into this game. I got to go rewatch it and. You know, when we talk about stuff on the podcast tomorrow, I'll, I'll hit some other points as I, I, I drill down a little bit. This is how it's going to go. Uh, just got to review what happened and and see if some of the things that I think that I saw were actually things that I saw. You know what I mean? He's sometimes in the in the moment, especially here. I'm sitting here. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the media section. And this little corner view, I'll step out of the way. This little corner view, this is this is my view of the game. So I don't I don't see there's a far corner over here and the stuff that's happening on the other side of the floor. Hard to see this corner, this this back corner here when the when the basket's up, it's hard to see. For those of you who are listening, it's the corner by the players tunnel. If you're watching the game on TV, there's the Celtics bench then off to the left of that is the tunnel. And above that to the left is where I sit during these home games. And so it's a tough angle. So I got to watch the game again on TV. You get to see replays. You get to, you just get a better sense of that. So tomorrow's podcast will have a lot more on this game. But I, I know I did see a couple of things from James Harden. One, hilarious. The <laughs> I want this. I I don't I think NFTs are scams, but I might actually pay money for this NFT of James Harden when Marcus Smart trips. And people people don't like to look at how a player falls down. All they see is oh he fell. Harden made a move and this guy fell. Oh, he dropped this. Oh, Harden dropped this guy. He tripped over Harden's leg. So smart trips and goes flying down the lane. 
Harden is wide open. And he does a little, little shoulder shimmy, and he fires up the shot. And it was set up to be this big embarrassing moment. There was a no call, so Smart was going to be on the floor, and Harden was going to be by himself. And he did a little shimmy, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And he missed by a foot left. It was the worst shot. It's like I was taking that shot out there. That's how badly I would have missed. Harden missing that shot in that moment was hilarious. One of the funniest things, everybody here was laughing. Now, I I do got to call out SportsCenter, the SportsCenter Twitter, which well after the play had the, oh, Harden dropped smart as if, first of all, he didn't trip. And second of all, as if he didn't just brick the shot afterwards, like you don't get to celebrate dropping the player if you can't hit the shot. It means nothing. Even if it was legit, even if it was a legit crossover and you drop the guy, you don't get to celebrate that if you don't hit the shot. If you got to hit the shot to get that, that shine. So that was funny. That was hilarious. What's not so funny was the foul that he drew on Al Horford, which was outrageous anyway. Now, I believe in the landing spot foul. I think the landing spot foul is a good rule. And calling it a flagrant when you slide a foot, if a guy's jumping straight up and down, he goes up for a jumper and you slide a foot underneath him so he lands on your foot, calling that a flagrant foul, I believe that that's a good rule. But the way it was applied in this was god-awful because Harden was behind the three-point line. He takes the Harden step back and shoots the fadeaway. And in pure Harden fashion, somehow he gets his legs to flail out and go over the three-point line. And if you watch the replay, his left leg lands on, on Horford's foot and he reaches out with that left leg so he can land on, on Horford's foot. It very obviously, very obviously was Harden doing the thing that Harden does because he takes three pointers throughout the game and he goes straight up and down on most of his shots. But when he wants to try to draw a foul, he'll flail those legs forward and he'll land in the general vicinity of the guy closing out on him and he will fall backwards on his own. He does it all the time. And good refs don't call that because he's very clearly kicking his feet out forward. So his center of gravity is behind him. So when he lands, if he hits somebody's foot, then he can fall, but he's not, he's not going to hurt himself because his center of gravity is behind him. So he's not putting all of his weight straight up and down. When I jump up and I land straight down and I'm on somebody's foot, then I hurt myself because my entire weight is going down. When my momentum is way back, and I fall on somebody's foot, my momentum is going backwards, and I'm just going to slide. Harden is a genius at drawing these fouls and gaming the refs. When a guy is closing out like Al Horford did, and he stops before the three-point line, you cannot call a three-point 
landing spot foul on a guy who jumped from behind the three-point line on a step back, especially. But if you're closing out and you don't even get to the three-point line and the guy's taking a three-pointer, then you have not entered his landing spot. You just simply have not. It's impossible. I hate that call. I and mean, I'm talking about it now because it happened in this game and it bothered me, but it's this is not the only application. I've seen that that call hundreds of times and each time it bothers me because it's a dumb application of the rule you the rule is to prevent injury so you you give the closing out defender a harsh penalty for a reckless closeout again i agree with the rule but harden faking his way into three free throws like that and then then making it worse by calling the flagrant Foul? Are you insane? That was some of the worst officiating I've seen in my life. And I'm glad that the Celtics won so I get to actually talk about it on the podcast. So it doesn't sound like I'm complaining and that's why the Celtics lost. Celtics won, so I'm happy. I can go back and look at that and be like, that is an absolute crap call, absolute crap application, and the league has to do something about it because It just leads to a lengthy review and free throws, three free throws, which take up a lot of time and an arena full of pissed off fans. It doesn't help the game at all. The landing spot rule should be straight up and down. And if you kick your feet forward, then you forfeit your landing spot. When you jump, you come straight up and down. There's a little bit of leeway depending on your momentum. But that kick out, no, absolutely not. I that that's as as egregious as the take foul. They eliminated the take the take foul, and I love it. Now eliminate this and just cre- the rule stays the same, but fix the application of it. That's it. All right, that's my rant, and that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you're new to the show please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts uh you can also watch the show on youtube make sure you're watching there this is not a green screen background this is me at the garden which i love to do podcasting from the garden and uh oh by the way thanks to all of the people who came up the listeners the watchers who came up before the game uh so so grateful to all of you thank you so much i'm so glad that you came up and said hi Uh, Please do so. If you're in the garden, you want to come by. It's section 19. Come by, say hi. I would love to take a picture or whatever. Um, So thanks to you. And uh, thanks to everybody who's sharing the podcast, telling the friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.